leadership's a behavior, not a title. And how many times have you been under leadership where the behavior is very questionable? So ultimately, what is your overall leadership style about? I, I really strongly believe that leadership is service. We've all heard that, servant leadership. But it's hard to serve if I don't even know what they need. And if they can't even voice what they need. If you don't care about me and I don't care about you, why would we care to help each other? Welcome to the Leading Edge Podcast, your source of insightful and inspirational conversations to help you and your program achieve more. I'm Brian Spielman from LeadingEdge.online with co-host Tyler Whitcomb, former coach, AD, and current Snap Mobile customer evangelist. Today's guest is Joe Pellerito. Joe has been in education for over 20 years. He's been a teacher and a diving coach, and for the last 13 years has been a leadership development strategist with the Capturing Kids Hearts organization, where he teaches educators, coaches, and school leaders to unlock staff and student performance. Without further ado, here's Joe. I'm so excited to have you on, Joe. Just having you at the high school at Martin last year, I was blown away at the character-based curriculum that you guys brought forth with Capturing Kids Hearts, but I just loved you as an individual and how you really did an excellent job of working with staff and working with uh, students and in uh, principals and superintendents and just getting everyone on the same page and teaching and teaching everyone how to be a true leader and, and kind of explain a little bit about uh, what you did with, with, you know, not just Martin, but other schools. Well, you know, uh, when I went through the Capturing Kids Hearts process myself many years ago, I've been an ed educational over 20 years. My background does have coaching in it as well. And um, what I've learned is that whoever I'm working with, whether it's teachers, administrators, coaches, um, whatever grade level, I'm the coach. In fact, a lot of times at my trainings, I'll say, raise your hand if, if you're a coach in here. And of course, the first couple come up and it's basketball and football. So, all right, raise your hand if you're a coach. And I'll just keep asking that question until I'm like, Hey, everyone's hands should be up right now. That was the sweet spot that for me of, okay, I know, I know I'm supposed to build relationships, but how do I get them to connect to each other? And how do I get them to actually call out the best in each other? Um, so they go farther. I'm only one person. How can I really get that interconnectedness flying? Wow. Yeah. That's a great way to think about it. Uh, as, as being a, a relationship builder and getting the interconnectedness flowing like that. Uh, I suppose the question is, in your experience, uh, how? Uh, how does one go about leading from that perspective? You know, if I had to boil everything down to one process, you know, it's like, how do I take a two-day training and, and in 30 seconds say this is what you need to do, right? But I, I really do believe it, it falls to a model. It's called the Excel model, E-X-C-E-L. And the E is engage, meaning when, when my group arrives, you know, the game has already started, <laughs> right? When I, in fact, when I was a diving coach, I, I would tell my girls, they, they're not necessarily just scoring how you entered the water. They're scoring how you approach the board, uh, how you leaped up for your hurdle. Like every piece of it is in play. So for me as a coach or as a teacher, I'm thinking about how do I get things rolling on the engage part? Then the X is explore. I mean, I'm, I'm going to discover some needs of the group before I communicate, right? Before I say, here's what we're doing today. I'm going to actually take their temperature and see where they're at. And sometimes that's just socially. Um, so for example, I, I, uh, I was a coach of two schools at the same time. So the, the diving squad was you know, two different squads. 
And yes, they would do their warmups, but then I'm like, all right, um, now let's see where we're at. Let's do some good things. Right. And Tyler, you know what good things is all about, don't you? In fact, Tyler, if I was going to ask you what a good thing is right now, I'd, I'd expect an answer. So let's see what Tyler, what's your good thing? Uh, a good thing is this weekend, because you know that I love the sport of basketball and oh, yeah. with my new job, I've, I've uh, stepped down from coaching, which it's been about, uh, you know, I've been coaching for 16 years. So good thing is this weekend, I got to work uh, at a basketball free agent camp with the Grand Rapids Gold, uh, their G League team. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to actually be part of the tryout. And to be honest with you, it, would, it made my it made my day. Can't Lisa. wait to catch one of those games because I, I used to go to the the Grand Rapids Drive games. So that's awesome. Uh, you know, my good thing really is that uh, Sunday I celebrated a 50th anniversary of a couple that had an indelible impact on my childhood. You know, those parents that you know you're at their house a lot, right? So that's my good thing. Brian, what's your good thing? Uh, my good thing is I. I returned from a family vacation uh, just this weekend. And uh, so that had all the kind of positive fill in the cup moments. But personally, the good thing was had recommitted to some kind of fitness and performance goals. And uh, I'm one day into to nailing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, the saying a goal without a plan is just a wish, right? So you have a plan. That's like the big first step. Now, hey, what we just did is called good things. And that's a part of the explore step of I want to you know, we say build relationships, but how do we build relational capacity, the depth of relationship so that, you know what, I can coach you hard because I've earned it. Right. Now I go into communicate of, all right, what are our goals for the day? If it's my diving squad, we're talking about the meat that's coming up, what we need to do, what we need to, you know, that's, that's the communicate. This is what we got to do. And I, I'm also of course communicating. I care about them and all of that, but then now we go to the next E, which is empower. What are some things, uh, Tyler, when you think of, and Brian, how do you feel when you're not empowered? Trapped. Think, yeah. Trapped. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I've got, got no choice here. You, you do it or you don't. Right. I was going to say autonomy, you know, empowered is autonomy, you know, uh, mm -hmm. free flowing choice. One of my bunch of things is let Ooh. it fly, you know, kind of let it fly. So if I've prepared and I feel right, then I'm just kind of excusing the brain and I'm just letting it fly. So when, when you say empowered, that was the first thing that came up. And that's why I stumbled because I'm like, well, there's some unpacking to do if I'm just going to share this. Call, I love the, I love the yeah. let it fly part, you know? Yeah. I just feel like you're robotic. Like you're just going through the motions when you're not empowered. Um, you just, yeah. you know, you're just following instead of being able to contribute. All right, good. And I think of the word micromanaged, you know, I think of some of yep. the students I've had where, you know, they're like, you do realize I go home and watch all five of my siblings every day. Right. And now you're getting all fussy with me because I have to do a certain way. You know, I, I, like you can see how that can create resentment. So that step of empower really is. All right. What are you going to do about it? I'm here for you. We've communicated. But now what are you going to do with this? And then the launch is just whatever we're doing, whether it's a practice, whether it's a classroom, whether even it's over a phone call, I'm going to I'm going to not just go, oh, bye. See you later. Oh, that's the bell. Bye bye. No. We're going to end with purpose. And I bet a, both of you probably have had teachers and coaches that they don't call it a launch, but they do it. They know how to wrap things up strong so that we're thinking about it. That was huge, man. I just went ahead and threw a little, <laughs> a little like, yeah, but how? And I love it. You're like, well, yeah, let me go ahead and distill it down to. Well, know, I'll just minute, tell you, but... I, I can't, I can't credit it to me. I mean, this is the capturing kids hearts process. That's actually been around for 
30 years, right? Uh, it's amazing to me time and time again, how I've seen that process proven and a variety. Like I, I walk into a situation where I don't know what the conversation is going to be and I'm nervous and I'm like, Joe, just map it out, write the Excel model down. What are the questions you're going to ask? How are you going to, you know what I mean? And it's just really assured me more going into situations I don't feel comfortable. And um, Tyler, I think you've heard me say this. I'm not Mr. Extrovert, right? Yep. Um, but that, that at least gives me something to hang my hat on when I'm trying to go into an, un, uh, maybe a, I don't know what the situation's going to be, but I'm like, okay, let me map it out. Okay, I got this. Just walk in there and go. I think having those tools or that tool is so huge. Is there something to having that scaffolding to fall back on, whether it's the Excel model or a different one that resonates with you? Just having that up your sleeve to to write down when you do feel your heart racing or you're feeling you need some structure. Ultimately, it's called capturing kids' hearts, right? Um, but it's an adult process. Uh, I, I, mean, I can't tell you how many times teachers at the tra training will come up at the end and they're like, this really wasn't about kids, was it? <laughs> this is about, you know, leadership's a behavior, not a title, right? And how many times have you been under leadership where the behavior is very questionable? So ultimately, whatever your quote unquote process is, is, you know, what is, what is your overall leadership style about? I, I really strongly believe that leadership is service, right? We've all heard that servant leadership. But it's hard to serve if I don't even know what they need. And if they can't even voice what they need, what am I doing? And they're trying to go in there and say, here's what you need. I've got to like slow it down sometimes, be a very good listener, ask the right questions, have them identify. I mean, I am actually living the Excel process before I even teach it. Ultimately, I go in with questions more than I go with an agenda. That's awesome. We hear that time and time again as, as a great approach. I don't need to be a knower of this, but but if you can kind of activate the right things, that's I love the explore thing because I, um, the or the good things piece specifically, where it let, if we can kind of get everyone nodding their head and, and just a little excited about a recent good thing, or I've I've heard other approaches where you know you're kind of best self, you're you're trying to emulate and build that energy, and then you you have a nice kind of start to to work from getting everyone on the same page and you know, uh, fired up a little bit, right? Well, you know? yeah. Like I didn't even know, even knowing Tyler, I didn't know he was uh, doing that with the Grand Rapids gold. Right. And our boom, we have found a connection. I see it more as, um, it's doing a lot more than what it, you think. This isn't just about being warm and fuzzy. This is entry points. Right. Um, and if I don't, if you don't care about me and I don't care about you, why would we care to help each other? Right. This is helping. And, and I don't just mean that as a, a coach. I mean that even between my athletes. If they don't know each other, how likely are they going to help each other out? How likely are they going to ask for help from their teammate? Yeah. So as you go out there and see or sharing these messages with leaders, is the tide shifting? Is this are these popularized ideas or are these fringe ideas that the right people are starting to pick up on? I feel like I'm losing touch with the reality for your average educator or, or group leader, because the more great guests such as yourself we have, and, and, and we hear doing it the right way kind of thing, we're like, well, but is this, is, is, is it, are these messages getting through and, and is the tide kind of changing? I guess I, I'm always asking, well, what is, I'm, I'm just going to come back to the question, you know, what is it that our, our people most need right now? 
what is it that they need? And, and I, um, I, I sign off all my emails with whatever it takes. Why? Cause that's a mantra for me. I got to do whatever it takes, but I don't necessarily mean that means has to be like, you have to hit the bar so high every day. Um, if, if your expectation for yourself is to always be like a 9.5 out of 10, that means a 9.4 sucks. How does that feel? <laughs> you know, so I would be more, um, do I, all right. So do we have some tools that I can, even on a bad day, foundationally, if I can bring that process, even if I didn't do it perfectly, that it was a good day though. That was a good day. Um, I know as a high self-critical person, I've had to really learn how to uh, um, wonder if, hey, if, if people don't like me or if they don't like the process I brought, then I'll, you know, ultimately I leave and they're still, it's their issue. Isn't that a part of empowerment too? Is here are some tools. What are you going to do about it? And I don't want to take ownership over something that, um, we're not going to always win everybody over. Are we, I don't care what it is that the process, whatever your process is that you're trying to, I ultimately want to empower people to solve their problems. And if that means capturing kids hearts process, awesome. That means they invent their own. Great. Question's always going to be, is it working for you? Not to be a Dr. Phil, but how's it working for you? You know, I want to help people figure things out on their own. And how much better do you feel when you figured it out? So one of the things that most amazed me about capturing kids hearts when you came in is just how you really improved the school culture. I mean, that was something to me that was huge. So, um, you know, I came into school, I had to be a principal first time I was ever a principal in my life. And it was just kind of thrown at me. And I knew that that school needed an improvement on school culture. And when I started getting to know you and you came into the school and you did some great things to build that school culture. And I'd love for you to just share some of the things to, because for me as a coach, like the biggest thing is, is, is that culture, um, you know, the X's and O's, whatever. I mean, we can figure all that out, but, but the culture of your team's huge. And I just want you to share some ideas on how uh, you build a school culture. When I think of a culture, I think about early in my career, I remember feeling like we say we're inclusive here and I'm the new guy and I'm not sure how included I feel. And we put it on the new person to figure that out. Right. Um, So how intentional are we really at creating interconnectedness on a group? And I think that's, that's a part of culture. Unfortunately, early in my career, I was eating lunch in the staff lounge. And after a while, I just went and ate in my classroom. And I don't think you can have a true winning culture in a bunch of silos like that, or that if, if the, that room just becomes the place where we vent, but we don't really solve problems, uh, what are we doing? You know? So one of, one of the strategies, I think, I know people like can roll their eyes sometimes when they see an icebreaker coming (laughs) and they're like, Oh man, here we go. So you're forcing us to, (laughs) but I'm going to go, just go back to that statement. If I don't know you, why would I help you? And if I don't know you, why would I ask for help? What kind of culture is that? So if I can't laugh a little bit on an icebreaker, if I, I, I was always somebody that looked forward to a, a staff meeting. Maybe I'm just cuckoo. Because I, and and I told you I'm an introvert, but I always just, I walked in going at the very least, I'm going to come out of here 
having been with my team. And that can't be a bad thing, can it? You know, once and, and then once we really know each other, now we can get more vulnerable and actually disclose things. You know, a quiet group is not necessarily a safe group, right? So I see it more as how do we lower anxiety? How do we build that relational capacity so we can get real work done, right? Um, you might remember, Tyler, we talk about leadership scales and how all of us have different wirings when it comes to our gifts and what our constraints might be. Two of those scales is nurturing and criticality. So on the nurturing scale of things, let's say I'm a nine out of 10 in nurturing. Brian or Tyler, what are some nurturing behaviors that you think when you think somebody who's high nurturing, I, I, I'm thinking of my mom right now, right? What is, what is it that high nurturers do almost without thinking? What are some behaviors? Just comfort, make people yeah. comfortable, put their needs first kind of thing. Yeah. Attending to people, right? They, what else? They find, they find out what's going wrong in your life and they try to fix it and they try to help you the best they can and give you some advice. Yeah. They smile probably more easily than somebody else who's lower nurturing because they, they almost can't help it, but it's a need to nurture. I almost have to nurture because it, it actually does something for me if I'm a high nurturer. So can that be a risk? Yeah. When's that become a risk? Probably when you over nurture. When, yeah. 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 If I enable you, am I really helping you? Cause I like uh, low nurturers are sometimes seen as people who hurt people in the short run, but long nurturers hurt people in the long run. Right. So I say that because then there's also the criticality scale, right? And criticality is more outward of, um, I have some high standards and I'm going to call it out and I'm going to push you. And if I'm a nine out of 10 on criticality, is that a good thing? <laughs> Again, no, it's not right. if you are, yeah. it's when you are. Yeah. Sometimes that is a gift to call stuff out and, and expect more and have higher standards. If I'm low criticality, I might avoid conflict. I'm not helping anybody there. Right. So um, have you ever been in a room where everyone knows the issue and no one's talking about it? Right. And what does that do to the anxiety of a group? Okay. Now the reason why I'm bringing up just two of these scales, there's a bunch of them, right. Is I feel like when we have that culture as what you ultimately asked about, imagine a culture where not only do we know each other, but we, we actually desire to grow and I want your feedback. I don't want it once a year on an evaluation. I'm actually always asking, Hey, what'd you notice that, that felt weird to me? What do you think if I did this where we just expect it? We don't wait for it. We go get it. And now we're high performing. So that's what I mean. Kind of goes in that order of relationships first, relational capacity. I care about you. I, now I want your help. And that means you would tell me if I had bad breath, right? Have you ever seen that on Zoom, by the way, where somebody thinks they're on mute and they're not? Do you see, do you see that, that natural progression? I can't just say, hey, we're going to be a high-performing team. Let's go. It's not that simple. But if I can slow things down, take times up front, you're going to save time in the long run and go further. Yeah, absolutely. Joe, this is just such good stuff. Nothing but vigorous head nodding and uh, furious note taking from me over here. I want to transition now. We've already covered a lot of the key themes of Leading Edge, 
uh, leadership, peak performance, and program building. And now for this section, we, we want to just take a pass on, on each of those core themes of Leading Edge with a specific question. You've talked a lot about the experience of uh, modeling, and you shared the, uh, the Excel acronym for a leader to use. What are some of the things that you do as a leader to be ready to be the model for your group? I um, To kind of uh, go back to the scales for a second, and you'll see how it connects. I am lower on my energy and I have high self-control, which that's probably a good thing, right? I don't fly off the handle. I'm not one of those coaches that, you know, starts yelling at people, you got to settle down. And I'm like, who's got to settle down. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I guess I would ask what you, I'll just start at the very beginning. What's your tune-up plan? If I know I struggle with energy and I know I struggle with, with being too filtered sometimes, then that means I'm going to get up a little earlier. And that means I'm going to have some Java because I just know how much better I function. What's your tune-up plan is really what I'm asking. I actually have a journal. It's a super simple journal called the six-minute journal. And all it is is, all right, here are three things I'm grateful for. Here's one way I'm going to make today great. You know, And then at the end of the day, all right, what were my wins? How am I going to do it better next time? I mean... Wow. Rocket science here, Joe. But I guess that's, that's what I mean by tune up plan is, is my brain in the right spot? Is my heart in the right spot? You know, we say self-care is important, right? But I cannot count on somebody else to fill my bucket, right? I can't, I am responsible for my, my self-care. I am not going to expect somebody else to, to fix it for me. And I think part of leading then is, all right, I've got to make sure I'm bringing hundred percent of what I got. And if it's seven, 70%, I'm going to bring 70 out of 70 that day. Yeah, love that. Love that. We all own our own readiness and self-care and, and the ability to give yourself permission to say, I'm giving 100% of what I have today, even if that's, like you say, 70 out of 70. That's that's so huge. Um, and uh, and yeah, so I guess a great transition to the next uh, leading edge core theme of peak performance. What, what do you think is kind of one of the keys um, to helping people unlock their peak performance in, in any moment? Well, um, I know it's said a lot, but you know, the permission to fail is certainly one of them, right? Because we're diving. I want everybody to picture this right now. All right. I don't care what your body type is. I want you to picture throwing on a Speedo or a tight swimsuit. And then, and I hate how they do it, right? Because everyone, when people are swimming, there's lots of lanes, there's, there's lots of volume, right? But when it's all right, everybody diving, everybody sit, watch, quiet, in football, if you mess up, it's not always clear who messed up. In diving, oh, yeah, it's like front and center. <laughs> Everyone saw it. They're replaying it, right? So FAIL, first attempt in learning. There's another acronym for you, right? If you're not stretching yourself, if you're not, if you're not, you're going to mess up. That's a requirement. So I, I think it's just that permission of you're going to mess up, fess up, step up, lead up. You, we're going to be okay. And maybe some humility on my part of, yeah, I've been there. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. You want to hear what happened to me? Not to one up them. Right. But to just be like relatable, bring Absolutely. down their, bring down their anxiety. Ooh, that's great. Fail. Uh, first attempt in learning is, is such a good one. You know, really staying in the growth mindset and then also maintaining the discipline of a, of a long-term view of progress. I love that. Appreciate that. Okay. Our final leading edge theme uh, question, uh, program building. What does it mean to you to be a program builder? 
I, I just think about multiplying leaders, right? I'm always going, okay, um, how can I have this upperclassman help me out with something? You know, those, those instances where you're having 12th graders talk to eighth graders, you know, uh, one time at our school at Kentwood Public Schools, you know, picture this 80 different countries represented at our school, right? Keynote speaker for the opening of the whole year. You think about people paying big bucks to bring in somebody, but, uh, you know, I'm going to give credit right now to this just happened actually in Missouri to Karen Lepper of St. James middle school. And she invited some students over the summer to come back. And when they kicked off their year, she said, okay, I've looked far and wide for the best experts in education. And here they are. And here come the students and the students each spoke about what was important to them and what, why now that they've left that campus, what they've taken from it, they've affirmed some staff members, you know, that's where I'm seeing, wow, they, they left, but um, they're the, the people who got them there are still there. Do you see what I mean? there? growing leadership of, I wouldn't be surprised now if there's going to be a few of those keynote speakers that are later going to go, you know what? I think I want to be a teacher. You know what? I want to think, I think I want to work at St. James middle school. <laughs> you know, you know, you're giving them experiences where they don't want to just, um, you know, leave. They want to give back. That's an awesome example. I think it just fits kind of with everything, your message that you've been sharing today is it's to, to root it in that immediacy and that attainability and, and the community in that way is, is incredible. Joe, thank you so much for coming on today. You, you were so great with the messages and insights that you shared. Um, just really, really a lot of fun to have you. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for what you guys are doing and just using your, I don't know, your, your desire to empower coaches and leaders. Um, I'm here today because of my coaches and my teachers. And one of those teachers is Ted Burba. He actually passed away a, a couple years ago, but he taught for 55 years. He never retired. So two things he'd say is first, if your plate's too full, you better start eating. <laughs> and we've been eating. Just get started, right? But then he also says, I have good days and I have better days. There are better days ahead. That's it for another episode of the Leading Edge podcast. Till next time, head over to leadingedge.online where you'll find more content and conversations to help you build a more successful program. Thank you for listening, and as always, stay sharp.